Hello everybody and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with movie reviews of DC's latest offering, fantastic music for your ear holes, the end of book five, and much more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. This week on the Going Up Cast, we go from end to end on the conversation spectrum. We talk about quite a bit. In this week's podcast, we got a little bit of housekeeping stuff to talk about as well at the top of the hour, the end of book five. It's been quite a ride. Book six starts next week, but that's enough talk at the top. Let's just listen to the entire podcast. Here we go. Hey, so at the top of the episode, sorry, I'm sleepy. Um, I, I wanted to uh, let you all know that um, I've come to my senses a little bit. And uh, the prices on the goingupcast.com forward slash store have been slashed dramatically because um, I was kind of looking at that shit and going, you know what? I wouldn't fucking pay this much money for my shit and I'm the one making it. So yeah, things are a lot cheaper over there. I don't know how much cheaper they are because I haven't slashed the prices as of recording this, but by the time you hear it, those prices have been slashed. Most likely, dramatically. So, here's hoping that uh, making my products a million times cheaper. I don't know, it's not a million. I mean, I'd be paying you at that point to take my stuff, uh, which would be... um. That's bad business model. So things are a lot less expensive over there. And if you guys want to take a look at what's over there, you can take a look at what's over there. It's now's a real good time. And um, don't I don't want anyone out there to be like, oh man, I feel bad for anybody who bought it when it was super expensive. Not to worry. No one was fool enough to do that. Thank God. So now things are a lot less expensive. So hopefully that'll uh. That'll, that'll, you know, get the ball rolling on those things. Because I've just, you know, I want you to just imagine my afternoon. So once I'm off of work, just picking flowers and, you see, you know, looking at the stars and trying to figure out what exactly what red cedar smells like. When I could be sitting in a chair reading books for comedic purposes. So, you know, kind of, kind of one of those things where you want to think about it in life and stuff and Yep. Goncast.com forward slash store. Check it out. Things are cheaper. It's the title of this episode. Things are cheaper. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. And the final update of my adventures in Sekiro. Shadows died twice. I'm done. I'm out. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm... God damn it. So, I beat the bull... That was the last boss of beat. And I'm like, all right, I say this a lot. Uh, Life's too goddamn short to do shit that doesn't make you happy. It's the whole point of this fucking podcast. And I'm sick of fucking playing Sekiro and getting mad at it all the fucking time. So I'm out. I'm done. I don't give two goddamn tin shits what the hell else is in that game. Might watch other people play it. Probably going to watch Angriest Pat do it because he's the best and I love him. Um, But I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm just washing my hands of it. Because I want to play games that make me happy and smile and feel good. Just like how I like to listen to music that makes me feel good. And I like to watch shit that makes me feel good. It's way too much darkness in this world. And so I'm going to pump my brain fruits with nothing but light energy. And Sekiro ain't giving me that shit. So I'm out and I'm done. 
So I'm going to uninstall the game off my fucking PlayStation 4, play some Persona 5, because I fucking love that game. Maybe go back and finish God of War. I don't have five fucking now, but I'm done with Sekiro. So if you're waiting for more updates about cool-ass bosses and shit, you ain't getting it here, because I'm out. I'm out. I'm washing my hands of it. I'm done. It wasn't, it wasn't anything in particular that made me just kind of be done with the game. And to be fair, it's it's got all the hallmarks of a good game. I'm sure if I actually beat it, I'd be like, yeah, this is a great game. Um, but, again, it's just like... Uh, say what you will about the FromSoft games. Yes, they're challenging. Yes, the story is kind of there if you find it. And you can find a lot of nuggets of information reading the item descriptions and talking to the NPCs and pursuing their storylines and there's a lot to discover and for people that like to 100% complete something usually with FromSoft games it requires multiple playthroughs unless you have a guide telling you exactly what to do at every living moment there's a lot here in this game and there's a lot of people out there that will really enjoy this and I know a lot of people out there are going to say I stopped playing Sekiro because I'm bad at it. And you know what? Fine, whatever. You can think you can think what you want. Yes, I am bad at it, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm stopping it. And I don't want there. I didn't. I don't want it to be easy. You know, there are plenty of games out there. I'm just straight up not good at. You know, this is one of them. I'm bad at platformers. Can't fucking do it. Bad at first person shooters. Can't aim for shit. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at shit like Pokemon and uh, Minecraft. And World of Warcraft, um, depending on your definition of good at World of Warcraft. Like, it's, you know, there's different things out there for different people. What makes you happy might not make me happy, might not make him happy, or her happy, or them happy, or anyone happy. You could be that one person and enjoy something. Like, I don't know, the taste of sandalwood. I don't know what it tastes like, but since it's mostly a scent-based experience, I imagine not very good. So Sekiro is probably very good. Especially if you're into those sorts of games. And I loved Dark Souls. Played the hell out of Dark Souls. And Dark Souls 2. And Dark Souls 3. Played the shit out of Bloodborne. Love that old god shit. And it's nothing wrong with like the theming and the location of Sekiro. It's just... Uh, I, guess, I guess the big difference here is that it's not really my character. It's a very cool character. But, you know... I, I had this experience of a hundred different paths I could journey down and I had a dead end at the end of every single fucking one of them. And I was just kind of like, I know what my future is with this game. One to five hours per boss, bashing my brain against it to encounter another boss almost instantly after it where I repeat it again, you know? It's a bullet sponge. And yeah, they all have their strategies and their tricks. And you have every tool you need at the start of the game to beat every boss in the game if you're good enough. But, you know, if it wasn't... If these bosses were easy, this game would go from like being like a fucking 30-hour game to being like a 6-hour game. And don't tell me I'm wrong. Because you know that as much as I do that the vast majority of the time playing any of these fucking games is you bashing your face against those fucking bosses so if it's your jam, rad I'm real happy for you basically, for me with video games it's gonna be like the new Pokemon game coming out later this year Pokemon Sword and Shield, super hyped for that Cyberpunk 2077 which I won't stop talking about until it's in my fucking grasp I can't wait for that fucking game. And, um, hell, that's probably it. 
Um, real excited for like Iron Man on the PlayStation VR. Should be fun. Um, but you know, don't play as many games as I used to. Um, and that's fine. You know, you got to find joy in this world doing whatever makes you happy. If Sekiro makes you happy, then more power to you. But no more updates on that game from this guy. Because I'm washing my hands of that game. And moving on to shit that makes me happy. So, speaking of shit that makes me happy, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week I finally got around to watch. Because you know how much I love to talk about uh, podcasts that I wish I could even be one one millionth the popularity of. <laughs> Oh God! Anyway, I saw the uh, Bim Bam TV show finally on uh, on CISO There, it's an internet streaming thing that you can go check it out. And um, God, tell you what, those that's that's some funny, funny shit. Oh God! I mean, I'm not telling you news that you haven't heard before, but the Macaroons are pretty goddamn funny. Whole world knows it now. Those intelligent West Virginian brothers have been telling jokes for almost a decade now and my god if their stuff just isn't just hilarious I I can't get enough I love sorry it's very late tonight um I love their their comic book I love their podcasts monster factory peacecraft god that shit's fun and then of course the the TV show and then I saw them live fuck Jesus Christ they're incredible just spectacular um but uh if you want to check out that tv show you can watch it on CISO um would highly recommend it it's uh six episodes of just some good old-fashioned goofs and um you might learn a little something along the way I don't know what that would be but you know anything's possible you should check them out listen to the adventure zone and bim bam and saw bones and all that other shit on maximum fun it's quality stuff promise it's got it's got some it's got some heart and soul in it. <sighs> Just warms warms the cockles of my essence. Anyway, let's move on to the next. Thing. I want to talk a little bit about purpose behind recreational activities. And uh, you may remember that just in the past minute, I mentioned that I didn't don't play as many games as I used to. And one of the primary reasons I played video games was because I was making a YouTube channel and I needed content. So I played a bunch of games. I played a bunch of different games I never would have considered if I wasn't making YouTube videos. And now it's kind of swapped over where it's like I'm listening to music that I wouldn't have really considered to listen to before I'm playing the guitar way more um, than I ever did before because there's a purpose behind it. Um, And I know that won't motivate everyone to do different things and to expand your horizons, but for me as a person, when I am experiencing something or doing something that will become a thing I can then talk about or share with others that motivates me way more um and i don't want it to like present the notion that i don't do anything for myself um and everything i do is for the benefit of others um but i'd be lying if i said that a a lot of the shit i do throughout like my weeks is for other people like everything i do at work you know all those tasks 
definitely for the benefit of like the customer, absolutely, or my team, or the people that work above me, or the people that work, um, you know, I work a part of the unit that I'm structurally involved with. You know, this, you know, others are impacted by the, the efforts that I do, and like the audio book, like that always, always was meant for others. My my original inspiration for that was so someone else could enjoy the Harry Potter books as much as I did when I was a child. And now, you know, that of course is flipped and uh, I fucking hate Harry Potter and everything it stands for because these books fucking suck and I hate reading them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's neither here nor there. And I know that I'm going to keep reading books for audiobooks moving forward because people seem to really enjoy them and I love making people laugh and happy and if this is what does that then hell yeah I'm gonna keep doing it and it's just it's interesting to me like you'll you know you'll have those things where it's like oh I, I want to get in shape or oh I want to write a book or I want to make a movie or something like that and it's hard to get those things started but maybe if you think about the impact of others or the impact that your work will have on others that might be a, an inspirational kicking off point for you because it sure as hell is for me. And, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think when it comes to your stuff. That's absolutely true. It does not matter what other people think. You should be able to do whatever you want that makes you happy. But remember that what you what makes you happy has the potential to make other people happy as well. And so it doesn't matter what they think. But, you know, you could also cause them to enjoy your creative excursions as much as you enjoy your creative excursions and that's that's just awesome if everybody's having a good time together that's like so much that's like exponentially better than having a good time alone you know you have you're creating memories and sharing experiences and having situations in which people are meeting you face to face for the first time and go aren't you the guy from the harry potter audiobooks and i smile sadly and i go Yes, <laughs> yes, that is, that's me. That's me from the Harry Potter audiobooks. I'm so sorry you had to hear those first before you met me. And, um, God, you know what? So, yeah, that's happened a couple of times. But what I'm always instantly curious about is if my voice face matches my face face. And what that basically means is, like, the if you hear my voice first, do you imagine what I actually look like? Or do you imagine something completely different? Because when you're a kid and you watch animated cartoons and stuff like that, and then you see the voice actors uh, behind the character for the first time, and you're like, what the fuck? Or hear what they actually sound like? It shatters the whole illusion. So you always want to know if their voice face matches their face face. Um, and that's, that's, that's always what kind of pops into my head. I'm like, I want to know if, I, if my voice face matches my face face. And um, I would say, personally, no. But that <laughs> could just be me. I've got personal bias. I've been pretty familiar with my fucking voice face 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 for my entire life, shockingly enough. I know. Um, but it's very late, and I've completely lost my train of thought on what I was actually talking about here. Um, oh, yeah, doing shit for the benefit of others. You want to make sure it's shit you enjoy, but others might also get a kick out of it. Um, give that a whirl. If you find yourself in need of inspiration, I just kind of dramatically shrugged. That's not good audio, uh, but I was just kind of—I don't know. That's just works for me. My work for you. Give it a shot or don't. I don't know. Live your life as you're gonna live it. Let's move on to the next thing. Bye.
another week, the final week of Harry Potter and the Porter of the Phoenix. It has been a long time coming. 35, 8, 38 chapters of Harry Potter and the, and the, and the, and the pink toad. Um, and we wrap it up nice with the final two chapters of the book. Chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. And chapter 38, The Second War Begins. Now, I have been waiting for this moment for a while because with every big creative project, it is always good to give credit where credit is due. And at the very end of this book, I rattle off the list of people that have helped me with this project. So I want to re-honor them here in the podcast. So enjoy. Holy shit. It's finally over. About, oh my God. I started reading book five in April of 2018. It is now July 9th. It has taken me like three months. April, May. Yeah, it's like three and a half months to read this book. And I, like, I took... I took breaks, and there were days I didn't do any reading at all. But here we are at the end of a very long, very tiring, very emotional road. Book five has a lot of has a lot of heavy moments. Uh, it's got a lot of important plot details, and um, it's also the longest book in the series by uh, by a considerable margin. Uh, in case you're wondering, it looks like uh, I am going to come in just a hair over uh, 23 hours, it looks like. Right around that mark is how long this audiobook took me. It's about 23 hours long. Holy shit. That is... That is a long book. That is a long audiobook. Whew, man. Once again... I want to thank my amazing cast and crew. Terry McGillicuddy has been so vital to this project. I want to thank all of you for listening. There are many of you now. Many listeners. Which is stunning uh, to me. It is it is quite remarkable that uh, my audiobook has taken off to such amazing heights. I enjoy every minute of it. And I do very much look forward to starting... Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, but in terms of me and the here and now, I'm probably gonna probably gonna take a break uh, here for for a little while. Not too long though. I don't want to forget the voices, but uh, I might I might give it a day or two before uh, before I start up Half-Blood Prince. But this was my favorite Harry Potter book. I very much look forward to doing the final two, and then seeing where the audio world takes me after that who knows what we're going to do next i have a lot of options uh lined up that uh i might i might even put it to a public vote uh what series i do next um but i vastly enjoyed harry potter and the order of the phoenix umbridge was a ton of fun i'm going to miss doing Sirius's voice immensely sean connery i knew going in that i was burning my sean connery voice on a disposable character um but I, it, it fit so perfectly. Um, and I will get to use it one more time. And in, in the very end, I will get to use it one more time. But thank you all very much for listening. And I'll see you all in the next book. Harry Potter and the Prince Who's Missing Half of His Blood. Next week is the start 
of Harry Potter and the Prince who lost half his blood. I'm very excited. I have a video to shoot and I better get on that. Also, if you haven't checked it out yet on goingcast.com, you can watch the other five promo videos that I have filmed for these audiobooks. Hopefully you find them amusing. I personally find at least two of them amusing and that's about it. Hopefully the third one that I'm, or the sixth one I'm about to shoot is, uh, is funny because God damn it. I hope it is. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to Order of the Phoenix. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and get ready for the Half-Blood Prince. Let's move on to the next thing. So I just saw the latest DC movie, the latest offering from the Detective Comics Company that has just hit theaters, Shazam! And I'm here to tell you a couple of things. Number one, it's real good. I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's got like a pretty solid 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is both whimsical and surprisingly dark in some moments. Definitely not for kids on the whole. Like, the majority of the film is fine, but there were at least three moments in the theater where I just kind of sat up and went, damn, that was... Whew, that was rough. Um, and one of these scenes is the very first fucking scene in the movie. It um, it doesn't hold any punches, really. Uh, and it does a pretty good job of opening up the character of Billy Badson, who most of us are unfamiliar with, even though um, Captain Marvel, yeah, that was his original name. They've renamed him Shazam because of the Captain Marvel movie from Marvel. Um, he's been around since the late 30s. He's, he's been a staple character in DC for quite some time. And he finally got his uh, his kind of moment to shine. And it's very funny. Uh, the casting in this movie is on point. Uh, the kid acting in particular is superb. Um, the the kid, I think he's from It or Stranger Things, um, like the best friend character, is unreal. He is... He does such a good job and it is it's like it's it's warming because it's like kid characters always get like a really bad rap but it's like these kids are going places that was some excellent child acting so i gotta i gotta give props to that music's really good um i think the the i think shazam the wizard like his hair and makeup looks like dog shit like you could buy that wig from a value village during halloween like it's not good um, the acting's great. He does a good job, but he just doesn't look good. Like the hair and beard just looks so fake. Um, and there is, there is that. There are, I don't want to really get into spoiler territory. It's a really good movie. It's a solid superhero movie. It's got high, lighthearted moments. It has a really strong emotional message and an impact that lands. It like sticks the landing, um, which is awesome that it, it succeeds in what it's trying to drive for. Uh, I, I think it, it spends a little too much time on um uh fucking shazam being kind of an idiot and like not really knowing his powers at least for me like i get it that's kind of what would happen if like a 14 year old kid suddenly got superpowers then they capture that idea very well but i felt like that could have been blown past a little faster but you know that's that's just me and i will say that it's been a long time since i've seen a movie and i Stay for the after credit scene, which you should do, at least for the first one, like the mid-credit scene. The end credit scene is, isn't really worth it. Um, where they they set up the sequel, and I'm sitting there going, like, who the fuck is that? Like, it's it is a character that for me is super obscure, and I had never heard of this character before. 
Um, but after doing some research, it's like there are three big villains for Captain Marvel slash Shazam. The dude in this movie, Black Adam, and then the third one. I don't want to tell you who it is because if you're a big Captain Marvel fan, uh, you'll go into this movie and you'll see him kind of instantly and be like, wait, is that? And then he shows up at the end and you went, oh my God, it's this one. Um, but honest to God, like I'm more excited to see what this character does in the sequel than I am for like any other fucking superhero villain that's coming down the pipeline, including Endgame. Like, I've got a pretty solid idea of what that movie's going to be about. But with this little fucker, I have absolutely no idea what the fuck he's capable of. So I'm just like, what is he going to do? It's been so long since I felt that uh, feeling. And even looking him up later and Googling it, I'm like, I still don't really know. I, what is this thing? So I'm super excited for Shazam 2. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be fucking bonkers and off the wall. And it's going to be fucking killer. So DC finally came out with a good movie and this whole DC universe thing that they're trying to drive for. Um, and honest to God, it makes me want to go back and watch the other ones. Like it in, in a similar way that Transformers two through the rest of them retroactively made the first one worse. This one makes them seem better. Like it's that good. It, it brings them up. It's like, it, this like the the GPA of DC has risen by like a whole point because of Shazam. It's it's really good. Um, I, like I liked it better than Captain Marvel. I would see Shazam sooner again than I would see Captain Marvel. So I think they finally they finally figured it out. It's got the camp. It's got the serious. It's got the fun super battles with the CGI monster mash. Um, and it's got it's it's figured it out and it has some good nice callbacks to the to like the grander universe. So, it checks a lot of boxes. There's not a lot wrong with the film. Um, the you know, pacing's a little strange, but that's the that's like the only thing I can really say against it. Oh, and uh, the wizard looked like shit. Um, honest to God, it looked like a bargain bin Halloween costume. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, but hey, you know what? Personal choice. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But uh, I would recommend you see it. There's not a lot pushing this film to be witnessed on the big screen especially not IMAX like it's not really much of a spectacle of a film um the characterization is really solid and the plot's really good and the writing's nice and sharp but there's nothing like that you need to see on the big screen so if you want to wait till uh streaming later on that'd probably be a solid way to see it as well but I do recommend you see it it is it is really good if you like superhero films this is a solid solid film to see and uh I'm gonna be talking about it for a little while so go check out Shazam Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So this week for Songs of the Week, we've got two pretty fantastic albums that couldn't be more different. So the first song I want to talk about comes to us from the debut album of the Canadian rock trio Rush. First album was called Rush, released March 1st, 1974. And this song is called Working Man. And it is last track on the album and... God, it has just this incredible, like, the way it kind of drives in right out the gate. Rush is, oh, God. They, they, I love their, I love their shit. Their music is incredible. I've been listening to their studio albums um, this, this past uh, week or so. And everything up through, like, 1974 all the way deep into, like, oh, God, there's, there's so much good music here. It's, it's crazy. Like, from 74 to, like... God, I don't know. Signals in 82? 
And even a couple of songs beyond that are just incredible. There, there is a hardly a bad song amongst the bunch. Uh, you know, they're not flawless by any means, but there's some good shit in there. And they started off really strong with that debut album. And Working Man is probably the song off the album for me, at least. But that whole album is phenomenal, so you really should check it out. And let's hear my cover of Working Man acoustically, because that's all I got. next album I want to talk about is from another Canadian act, a Canadian metal musician known as Devin Townsend, who dropped his latest album, March 29th, called Empath. This album is fucking bonkers. It is crazy. It's got like Enya-style backing vocals. It's got dolphin squeaks. It's got a fucking like fairy tale poem halfway through the whole album. And that's the song I want to talk about. It's called Sprite. This album is fucking crazy, and I love it. It's wacky, it's super solid musically, it's got like orchestral shit, it's got backing vocals, like here's this dude, fucking gave it a 10 out of 10, and they quoted uh, from Wall of Sound, they said, Devin's need for deeper creative expression has resulted in one of the year's most memorable works. Honest to God, put this shit in, listen to it from forward to back, you won't know when the songs break, it is a ride and it's fucking crazy it ends with a 23 minute song called singularity honestly you won't there's nothing else quite like it you gotta check out Devin Townsend's new song or new album Empath it is it's something else so check that shit out let's move on to the next thing oh wait hold on before before we move on if you got a song that you want to suggest for song of the week you can email it to me at goingcast at gmail.com or using the contact page at goingupcast.com forward slash contact. Both are excellent ways to reach out to me as several people have already done. So thank you very much. Let's move on to the next thing in podcast. Just got done watching something that I... Alright, so this is a little... I want to talk about it because it surprised me and how good it was. Um, and honestly, this is a style of music I don't really think a lot about um in my day-to-day because it's just not part of my repertoire but i'd be lying if i said i didn't come away with a couple of albums and that is the country music awards now hold on before you turn off the podcast it's you know it's your standard you know award show there were some musicians on there i remembered from back in the day when you know when i'm a little kid and riding in the back seat and my parents are picking what music to play and i'll be damned if it wasn't country it's shit like garth brooks and brooks and dunn and dunn and biscuits and biscuits and fire and those last two were probably made up, but, you know, just flowed together so nicely. And um, there were two artists that caught my eye that I wanted to give a special shout-out to. Um, and they were uh, a Mr. Luke Combs. Um, neither of these uh, artists are artists I had heard of before I saw them on this. Uh, but Luke Combs, I want to give a shout-out to because he's got 
some fucking creativity when it comes to his albums. Um, his al- he's got two albums. Album one was called This One's For You, and album two was called This One's For You Too. <laughs> and I loved that. I thought that was great. And then the other artist that caught my eye was um, Ashley McBride and her song uh, Girl Going Nowhere. I'm sure I'll talk about that in the coming weeks, but I just wanted to give a quick mention that while it is easy to say country music all sounds the same um especially when i'm in the middle of writing my own country album uh that's basically inspired by how all country music sounds the same it's it's, can still hold a bunch of surprises and it still still has a still has its part to play and a lot of people fucking love it like the dude they just crowned as like artist of the decade or whatever had some ludicrous like 8.7 million album sales, 4.3 billion digital streams of his music, and goddamn, those are some fucking numbers. Garth Brooks is still one of the highest selling artists of all time, right up there next to Meatloaf and Michael Jackson. You heard me right, I said fucking Meatloaf. Yeah, a lot of people forgot about that one, but it's it's good stuff. It can it can be really good, or it can be really bad, or it could be like my my new stuff. Um, and you know what? Now is as good a time as any to announce that I'm working on a country album. <laughs> 100% serious. It's going to be called 12 Ways Till Sunday, and it's got some some fucking... It's got some bangers on it, let me tell you. I'm really excited about it. I've already recorded the uh, the demo for three of them, and I need to, I need to write the lyrics for the other... The other nine songs. Um, naturally, an album called 12 Ways Till Sunday needs 12 songs on it. I'm really excited about it. I've... Shanghai to one of my old music friends in. We're just going to get in the studio, crank it all out one day. It's going to be fucking great. Just you wait. Just you wait and see. I'm really excited about it. Hopefully I can write down a couple of more lyrics uh, later on this week, but that seemed like a good good time to mention it. Album coming out sometime this year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. 12 Ways Till Sunday. Keep your eyes on the horizon for that one. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally, this week, I wanted to talk about something that uh, has been pretty prevalent on my mind over the last uh, week or so, and that is the concept of, how do I want to phrase this? It's the concept of owning your shit. Let's, let's, uh, let's call it that. It's, it's this idea that when you fuck up, you don't hide behind excuses and shit. You just own that shit. Because everyone's going to fuck up a lot. You're a human being. Mistakes will happen. You will cause them. They will happen to you throughout your entire life. And I'll tell you right now that blaming others or trying to weasel your way out of shit will not do you any favors. Instead, it will make a lot of enemies. A lot of people are not going to want to deal with you you can't own your shit you fuck up you say you fucked up you own that shit they forgive you you gotta forgive yourself and then move on one of the best teachers in this world is when you fuck up when you make a mistake and people call you on that shit and you immediately own it understand your mistake and know how to prevent that shit from happening in the future shit will never happen again everybody will move on and hey you'll get some points in the eyes of others because People respect people who take responsibility for their actions, especially their mistakes. It's easy to be a fair weather individual in good times 
but it's when the storm really hits that shows the mark of who you really are. So that's my advice to all of you. And my, my, my plea for, for humanity is that when you fuck up, you own it. You own that shit. That's your task. That's your homework. Until next week on another fantastic episode of the Growing Up Cast. Where you all email me about how you, you, you fucked up and you, you own it. And I'm real proud of you. I'm proud of you anyway. Um, well, we're more proud. The pride, the pride will increase um, tenfold. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm sure we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. This is like the first thing I'm recording for the episode, which might sound weird to your ears, but you know, I, you know, that's how my brain works. See you next week. Enjoy the the finalish round of Harry Potter. Get ready for the next one. It's coming. I'm real excited. Talk to you later.